Welcome back to Commission Impossible. I am Scott Fish here today, as always, with my man, the Commissioner Extraordinaire, Ryan McDowell. How are you doing, man? I am well. How are you, Scott? Oh, doing great. Doing great. Just uh, if you're a new listener, we uh, talk about commissioner stuff. Our shows are pretty evergreen, so you can go back and binge listen to whatever you want. I'm trying to get better with writing the description so you know what's on each episode. Um, we go over listener questions, bad commissioners, commissioner story, interesting leagues ideas. Wow, I pluralized the wrong one. Interesting league ideas and bad commissioner stories <laughs> that you've sent us to our email commishpod at gmail.com that's where you can send stuff if you want us to talk about them because we talk about almost everything we get in that inbox so ryan mcdowell let's answer some listener questions let's do it ah okay so the first one is from a guy that obviously sent this last off season if you if you're new to the podcast well maybe you notice the dates on the podcast but we did not do any shows in season we we Generally don't do any shows in season. By the way, happy anniversary, Ryan. We, this has been a podcast for two years. Yes. Yeah. We, uh, it's funny. We were exchanging some messages the other day and said, it feels like it's about two years. I had to check the date. Yeah, it was exactly two years. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, two, two years we've been, I think I, it's uh, two years and 13 days now. Or something. I was, I was going to say going strong. I don't know if we can say going strong, but we've been going for two years. Well, well, this is our 22nd episode right yes. now. So yes. <laughs> 22 episodes in 24 months. We're, that's yeah. strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be a little more consistent this off season though. I think I that's think right. We have so many questions in our inbox. We mentioned in the last show, 14 pages plus another dozen in the inbox that we just haven't even put in our in our doc here yet. But let's get into it. This is uh, this is from Stephen Scheffel, who did email us last offseason. I do remember. Um, you guys said on the pod your inbox was empty, and I had two questions that wasn't that weren't answered. That is not true. We answered them later. You just were not patient, Stephen. <laughs> we did answer them. Uh, <laughs> here's your third question. 10-team keeper league, but after keeping someone, the player is forced to go back into the pot, so the draft talent pool is usually fairly strong. So sounds like you can only keep them one year, and then you can't keep them the next year is what that sounds like. Uh, a guy in our league, after being eliminated from playoffs, as a joke, decided to start only Broncos players to start a chain reaction where if he won, our top scorer would have made the playoffs, our runner-up would have missed the playoffs. Ooh, that's... That's that's almost right in the range of tanking, right? <laughs> that, that is tanking. Yes, and, de and, definitely. Yep. And I would have won the championship, but he lost in the first round. Uh, I tallied how many points I would have scored if he set his lineup similar and top free agents. He would have won if I did. My friend who missed the playoffs is pissed, and he wants him out of the league. I don't want to boot him because it is a friends league, and this is his first sign of poor ownership. What is a good punishment? What about supplemental picks for the those aggrieved? And how do I handle this considering I am one of the parties aggrieved? So it sounds like we're actually probably not too late on this <laughs> because I'm going to guess the pick, you know, probably this was sent in August, August 20th, I believe. So the pick, the picks could be for next year. D do you have a punishment here? Is it a one-time, would you, if, if you're the commission, would you have, you know, changed that on the spot? This is what happened last year, I guess. 
Because uh, he said it's in August, so it's not from this season. Right. So this is a tough spot, but I think the, the main reason it's a tough spot is because it is a friends league. So starting from that point, I would say, no, let's not, let's not kick him out of the league. It's a friends league. And it's also uh, his, his first offense, I guess we could say. Um, I, I don't think you can do any kind of supplemental picks for, for those aggrieved as he mentions. Completely uh, agreed. Yeah. You can't, you don't want to just start adding picks. I have done some supplemental picks in the past. You add picks to those four teams. You're aggrieving ten or uh, eight others, right? <laughs> oh yeah, others. yeah. It's it's going to be an ugly cycle there. Um, so I I would not I would not do that. As far as punishment, um, I, I guess it comes down to what's in your rules. I mean, do you have a do you have a rule? Yeah, do you have a non-tanking rule? Do you have a uh, some type of rule that says you have to submit your best lineup. If you don't, I think you have to start with that, adding that to your rules document. And also if you don't, you probably can't do much of anything as far as a punishment here. Right. I I'm in complete agreement and, and it's probably too long, too far ago for him to do anything from our advice in the first place. Yeah. But I, I'm kind of curious when that team started all Broncos in that final week that caused this playoff change or whatever. Why didn't the commissioner see that or get notified of that and make the action? Right. Yeah. That's, that's something you have to like uh, almost uh, address on the spot. Exactly. And, and let's just give him the benefit of the doubt that he didn't notice. And apparently no one told him until after the playoffs had already run. Um, somehow, I just don't think there's much you can do after that. Um, it's you got what you can do is follow your rules on tanking because that's what it was but it, it does suck for those other owners and if those other owners were so pissed why didn't they mention it before the playoffs you know if it affected them that much yeah it's it's definitely it is definitely tanking though there's yeah. i don't think there's any doubt about oh no that. it's clearly tanking and but the person who missed the playoffs who wants the, him out of the league. That's the guy who should have noticed and said something before the playoffs started so that it might've been corrected. Um, right. I the agree. fact that the friend sounds like the friend didn't either didn't, it didn't let him know until after the playoffs. I think we're at the point where it's just whatever your tanking rules are. Um, yeah. So move on to the next one. <laughs> All right. Our next question comes from John in Korea. We love when, when we uh, get to get to know where these folks are from. We have a shockingly a large amount of international listeners. We do. If, if you, or, or maybe they're the only ones that send us emails. Right. Maybe we have it. a lot of them. And, and of course, if you don't tell us where you're from, we're just, we're just going to make it up. Yep. We, we prefer, we, no, don't, don't do that. Now they're not going to just, no, we want, we want to know where you're from. So, so let us know where you're from when you email in. Okay. John from Korea says, what is the most bizarre problem you have had to deal with as a commish? Uh, and then he shares his example. Three years ago, we had a league member go to jail in week five for stealing baby formula. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. Yeah, that's, that's rough. We get a question uh, and a story. Yeah. But both pretty entertaining. How do you handle dead teams if a replacement manager can't be found? So I don't know. Most bizarre problem I've ever had. Uh, 
I mean, nothing comes to mind as being bizarre necessarily. I have had situations, I guess, kind of similar to what John is talking about as far as um, we just get to a point, and, and usually this seems to happen in the offseason, where an owner is is simply not responding. You know, I've reached out through email, through text, through uh, Twitter DM, through every every uh, form of communication I can uh, I I can, and still just not getting an answer. So whether that's an owner just simply walking away and and not having uh, the courtesy to to stand up and and say they're quitting, which is pretty weak. Yeah. Uh, or or if you happen. know. Uh, if God forbid something, uh, something happened in, in real life, an accident or whatever, or maybe going to jail that, uh, prevented their communication. Uh, but in those cases, you just, I mean, it gets to a certain point. You just have to replace the owner. Yeah. Yep. That's, <laughs> I wish I had a, I wish I had a cool story. Like, like you do, or like he does, or, but there's nothing cool. I have no cool bizarre problems that have happened in my leagues that I can think of. If, if this wasn't so on the spot, I'm sure when I'm in the shower tomorrow morning, I'm probably going to think of something, but on the spot, I just can't think of anything that was any really interesting stories. I'm sorry. I don't have anything fun for you, but thank you for the baby formula story. That's, that's pretty hilarious. That's good though. As a commissioner, you don't want, you don't want crazy or no, yeah. bizarre things happening. You just want, steady and uh, predictable. <laughs> Those yeah. are good things. Yeah. I, I've had my fair share of, you know, owner horror stories, but nothing, nothing as cool as, as baby <laughs> formula. guy going to jail for stealing baby formula. Um, next question is Jonathan head from Hanover, Virginia. Uh, if this is too long, please let me know and I'll shorten it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem here. This is uh, I can shorten this in my head as I read. Uh, I have a question in regards to expansion. Commissioner of an eight-team, and he goes over his details, but an eight-team league, 35-man rosters. Background is there's two teams, one being the commissioner, that have the best teams, and they're powerhouses after time, kind of like what we mentioned in the last episode. I have, mm -hmm. I have two of those leagues. that That just happens in some leagues. They voted to expand next year from eight teams, obviously, to 10 teams. Uh, a team presented the idea of expanding, but or of uh, only protecting nine players and exactly what positions those have to be. This commissioner feels like it's a targeted move at the top team. Uh, basically, the commissioner also feels he should shut this down because an expansion draft should not be an equalizer of strength but it should be a move of introducing two new teams to the league. Um, oh man, he wanted an outside opinion. I, I hope we're early enough on this. I hope this, this expansion is for, th this came in uh, also in late August. So hopefully this is uh, next year, but uh, the commissioner thinks he should protect 10 to 12 players. The expansion teams pick two players from each team max who aren't protected and then that team can't be touched again for that round. Then after that round is done, they protect another two. Um, if you guys have another expansion draft idea, let me know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's an interesting way to do an expansion draft, though. Basically, everybody 
everybody protects two players and then the teams, the new teams pick from whatever's left. And then the next round they pick, you know, protect two different players and every that's, that is, that's an interesting way to do it. I've, I've never really thought of that. I've heard of protecting and then they do the draft, but never protecting specific players per round. Well, I think what he's saying is you start with your base protection group and yep. the 10 to 12. Yep. And then once your team is, um, has a player lost through the expansion draft, you get to protect more. So, Oh, okay. That, I see. I wasn't reading that way. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's actually how that's, that's how the professional teams do expansion drafts. Yep. So, yep. you know, whether it be, I, I know that's how NBA, the NBA does the expansion draft. If, if you get a player chosen from your team, then you get to protect a certain amount of, of, other spots. Uh, yeah. I did not read it that way. Yeah. That, 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 uh, that makes more sense. So I, I definitely like the commissioner's plan. I like Jonathan's plan better than the other suggestion, yeah. which is locking in which spots you have to protect. I, I do not like that at and all. Honestly, nine is really a low for a 35 man roster is only protecting nine. Um, I, I have this weird feeling that, expansion teams should come into the new league knowing that they're expansion teams. Um, right. And they will have worse teams, but I give the expansion teams the first two picks in their current rookie draft and the next rookie draft to, to really help that out. And, and honestly that does the trick every damn time because yeah. they get their, you know, Saquon Barkley's and Ezekiel Elliott's and stuff. And <laughs> so well, in, in this case, the nine players is, is not even a starting lineup. That's less. They're starting ten players. Yeah. That's, so I don't think I've ever seen a an expansion protect that few. No, not not in relation to the total total uh, roster build. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. And yeah, that's this is a pretty deep team, deep teams too. So it's it's one of those weird situations where I feel like when you play in leagues this deep, it's it's a league where you are really working on that, um, you know, scouting bottom of the rung players yeah. and wanting them to pay off and stuff. So cutting that deep, especially in a league where people have been cultivating their rosters like that for so many years, seems like even more of a hit. But uh, yeah, I definitely like the way Jonathan's, if, if that's the idea that you protect your 10 to 12 and then the expansion team picks, and if they take one from your team, you're allowed to pick protect another from your team. Um, I like that quite a bit more. All right. Next question. This is chance from Texas. Uh, chance says last 10 years or so a group of, uh, a group of guys I grew up with been in a redraft last year. We decided to switch over to dynasty. So this is going into our second season. We had our first rookie draft in August. Uh, he said he's played dynasty for several years in other leagues um, and every other league, they kind of kind of felt comfortable with the format, trades happening, waiver wire was active, etc. But this new league, this one that trans transformed from a redraft league, has uh, has has been a little slow to uh, make that change. Three trades all year. Um, <clears throat> that's and he, ooh, he, three he, trades. Yeah. And and Chance says he was involved in all three of them. <laughs> um, so 
He says, the, the question is, as a commissioner, how can I help these guys move away from redraft mindset into a dynasty mindset, uh, being more active with trades, waivers, et cetera? Well, first thing I want to ask is, how big are your rosters? Um, I know Chance can't answer us here, but um, <laughs> the, the API pulled data from MFL shows that the sweet spot for uh, activity in dynasty leagues is in that 22 to 28 man rosters. And really 22 to 25 is the sweet spot for waiver and trade activity. Um, and I, we run like 150 leagues on safe leagues or hundred, yeah, 150 that are dynasty or empire, which are, you know, a, a subset of dynasty and the 28 and 22 man rosters have significantly more trade and waiver activity it's it's not even honestly close the the 16 man rosters average about a trade per team per year so if you converted this from a redraft which is usually like 16 14 18 man rosters but you kept the roster size that's going to hurt your trading and waiver activity um the what was the other thing i was going to say Ah, I lost my train of thought there, but, but that's, that's step one. I, I think dynasty one Oh one is that your roster size should be two and a half to three times more like two and a half, but two and a half to three times your starting lineup. And, uh, if, if you go below 20 roster spots or above like 30 ish, uh, the, the, the data shows that on a bell curve, you are starting to uh, deter trading and waiver activity. And it makes sense. If you have 25 roster spots, you can't get starters off the waiver wire, so you have to trade for them. Also, the last five spots are a little more expendable, so you're churning the waiver wire looking for, you know, uh, looking for talent. You know, the, that those bottom five spots become more expendable. So it makes sense why in a dynasty league that 22 to 25 is is such a such a beautiful spot for that. Do you have any comments on that on this, Ryan? Um, I feel like I've talked for three minutes and, and mostly think- just, mostly just questioning the roster size because he moved from redraft to dynasty. And if he didn't make that change, that's going to hurt it. Right. I think the roster size is, is a great point. And, and that's one thing chance didn't mention. So that's potentially, so we don't know <laughs> potentially one thing he hasn't thought about, or, or maybe he has overlooked. The other thing that kind of jumped out to me was that they they're holding their rookie draft in August, yep. uh, which, which is, that's fine. But typically the leagues that are holding those late rookie drafts are leagues that are less invested, less active around, right. More casual. So uh, I think one thing you could do is, is move that rookie draft up to, to May or June, just to kind of force the hand a little bit to, to push these guys in that direction of dynasty of year round activity. I wonder if the, he doesn't say uh, we're going off a lot of stuff. He doesn't say, but I wonder if it's it's uh, kind of uh, a home league where they all get together, you know, <laughs> for for that rookie draft in August. Yeah. Um, but it's only the second season, so there. I mean, it, we're coming up on that month of January where Ryan and I both love to make changes, and I think that if you're still listening, Chance, um, hopefully he is. Th- these are a few things you might want to take a look at: increasing that roster size, moving the rookie draft to after you know to May when most dynasty rookie drafts take place, um, just to try to push that year-round thinking about the league year-round. I-, I definitely agree with that, Ryan. Um, and maybe it's just the group of gra- guys. I mean, he doesn't say anything about the activity level when it was a redraft league. I I, I think 
I think though a lot of people assume redraft leagues are not going to be active, especially when it comes to trades. Yeah, that's true. So maybe that's just maybe it's just accepted that we're in a redraft league. You do your draft, and maybe you make some waiver moves, or maybe you give up after week six, and and you're starting guys that are on IR, and and that's just accepted because it's redraft, and um, which kind of stinks. I mean, those those are not fun leagues either. No. No, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that is what it is. Um, oh man, this next one's a really, really long one. I, oh boy. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering if I should take the time to read through it first. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to take a moment to look at, look through this in case you need to get a drink or something, Ryan. Actually, I'm just going to start by saying I love this first start. Justin from hog country, Fayetteville, Arkansas. I believe that's uh, that's I don't know where that is, but that's awesome. That's uh, that's University of Arkansas. That's WPS, right? No, but I don't know. Oh, that's why that's why he has hog hog country. Yeah, I yeah. see, I see. Um, but I I like this first paragraph. I haven't listened to podcast until yours because I never liked talk radio, so figured it wasn't my thing. While visiting my in laws, I was bored and came across your Twitter, and I wonder whose that was the commission commission possible one or you or me, I don't know, but, and I decided I could use some advice. So I gave it a listen within a week. I had binged all 16 episodes and now I'm going to have to give other podcasts a try. Look, we got, we got a podcast. We got a guy into interested in podcasts from our podcast. I love it. Awesome. Um, one of the side effects of binging is he now has several questions. <laughs> Last one's long, so it could easily be edited out. Uh, yeah, I, I do some editing on these podcasts. That happens. Um, my first question is the use of a public trading system. If we've gotten any feedback on it and how it can best work, would 24 hours be long enough for a pro for that process? Uh, don't want to hold any. We, we've talked about this before. Um and I, I honestly have not gotten any feedback from people who have actually implemented it to my knowledge. Uh, have you Ryan, or do you, do you have anything you want to state about it? Maybe, maybe re re tell, you know, reset what it is for people. Sure. So I think we talked about this. I believe it was on our last, uh, episode in the preseason. So basically, uh, what, uh, what Justin's talking about here and, and what we've discussed before is a public, he calls it a public trading system. You might call it a public trading block, whatever you want to refer to it as, but it's the process that happens is two teams agree to a trade. That trade is made public. Uh, I guess probably the easiest way is on, on the league message board, something like that. And then there's the period where other teams can come in and, and essentially try to better the offer. So I'm going to trade, Cam Newton for a second round pick and, and other people can come in and say, I'll give you two second round picks or I'll give you a first round pick. And uh, obviously you would be more interested in making that deal. So um, we, yeah, we talked about this quite a bit on that, uh, that last off season episode, I guess. I think that was episode number 20, maybe it was number 19. And I also kind of took that to Twitter because I was so intrigued by the topic. There was a lot of feedback. Most of the feedback was not from folks that had used that, but 
just from people who were interested in it. A lot of people saying they loved it. They, they wanted to try that in their league. Other yeah, we people, got a lot of feedback on that. Right. Other people, people saying it, just people who wanted to. Right. And, and others saying that they hated that and, and all the negative things, hard feelings that might come from that lost trades that could come from that. So that, that's really one of the most polarizing uh, rules or settings that that I think we've discussed on here. I haven't tried it in my leagues. I don't know that I'm going to, honestly. I, I did have a couple of people who reached out and said that they've used it uh, in the past in their leagues, and it, it really does work well. So oh, interesting. I, again, I think you have to... Apparently like people like you more than me. <laughs> <laughs> Letting you know that. I, I think um, I think that's one of those rules that you have to have the right group of owners. You have to um, have people that fully understand the rule. And and I don't know if that's something you could start in a in an existing league. You almost want to start that from the beginning of the league as one of the known settings. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, definitely. I think that'd be a very tough thing to to implement. Uh, as the, as the league's already going on, unless the league is really on board. Um, I, I kind of wonder, I wonder how many people like shake their fist when they listen to us. I'm imagining for some reason, <laughs> the, the image of someone shaking their fist is Nathan Powell in my head. Oh yeah, of course. We, we talked about potential points on the le- last episode and I can imagine him just shaking his fist at something we said, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I bet, I bet there are people out there that listen to that idea and either get, Whoa, or just, no, that is like the worst idea. Why would you want everyone to see every trade offer that's out, you know, potential? Yeah, I, I can see it going both ways. So I guess that's some of the feedback we've gotten on that. Not much, though. Yeah, Justin Justin did ask if 24 hours would be long enough to process the trade once it'd been up. I, I think that's plenty of time. I actually and, think that's on that's the long end of the time. Yeah. Honestly, the time frame. You you want enough time where everybody gets a chance to see it. But honestly, the way things are nowadays, especially if you do it MFL message board and like require your league to get message board board emails, you know, that's the kind of thing that far less time is okay. You know, yep. but uh, he has a, a few more things here. He wanted some ideas on how to vet new owners. Uh, good owners make a league great. And and what's what's funny is we were talking, I was just talking about how roster size when you go too shallow or too large is detrimental to trading. I guarantee there are examples of large leagues out there and shallow leagues that have a ton of trading because that's what good owners do. They can mm-hmm. overcome any setting that would potentially hurt a league. Or like last episode, we talked about trading in the playoffs. If you have good owners that are fine with it and, and do it right, you can you can overcome any setting. So um, for good or for bad, I guess. Uh, good owners make the league great. I don't know how to vet them. He's We've mentioned applications before. What do you ask on those applications? Uh, do you look at other leagues that people are in and their activity in them? Do you, like, are you, do you get them vouched for by other owners? Uh, do we have any tips on, on that kind of stuff? I, I threw some extra ones in there that he didn't even write. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think all the things that he mentioned that, that you mentioned are uh, reasonable to do. I actually, I don't do any type of application personally SFB is the only one I do. Right. Right. So, but I think it's fine if you do. And as far as I see it out there. Yeah. As it's far as thing. any type of application, if, I mean, you want to know how long people are, 
how long people have been playing dynasty um, and, and a shorter time is not necessarily a detriment, but no. you want, you want to have that understanding um, how many leagues are they in? Maybe, uh, maybe how many trades they typically make in, in a league that um, again, that's not a deal breaker. I've had, I've got plenty of leagues where I made very few. Tra- it's just another uh, measuring stick to kind of give us an idea of how active that person is. Yeah. Um, yeah. De- asking- definitely asking commissioners of leagues that they're in is, is not terrible either. Right. Um, I did want to touch on something you said about the newer to dynasty guys. I'm going to make a broad generalization from what I've seen in like safe leagues of the new to dynasty guys that have admitted being new to dynasty. They make a lot of trades. They're very active, but sometimes the moves they make are questionable. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, that, feel, that feels like the new di- and that's, you know, it's, it's not the case with all of them, but I've seen a lot of that. That's, that's just that transition from redraft to dynasty. Yeah. though, Don't you yeah. think? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing I like that kind of owner, you know, even given a few questionable trades or whatever, I like that owner. That's just crazy active and super into it. I think one more thing you can do to to vet owners is just check their, check their Twitter timeline. If they're, if they're on Twitter, I almost Uh, always do that. Yep. Yep. If you know they're active on on DLF forums or football guys forums, you can check, check that thing, uh, you know, check those things too. That's, that's, it's going pretty far, I would say. Yep. Yeah, uh, he's got some more stuff. So Justin from Hog County Country, Hog Country, excuse me, Fayetteville, Arkansas. You're getting you're getting a lot of run on this episode. Let's do it. Let's take like, care. Yeah, like you did. I had issue with MFL not having a setting to allow only promotion from taxi in season and not allow demotion. I fixed this by removing the ability for the owners to make changes and I would do it for them when they, yeah, that's, that's exactly how I did it. And yep. that the amount of, the amount of, I, I kind of glossed over that, but basically if someone you shut off their abilities and if someone wants to make a promotion, uh, they email the commission, you do it for them. That's, that's, that's how it's done. And I just got tired of it. It was, it was too much. Um, especially the amount of leagues and the size of leagues I run, it just became too much. I'm still upset that there's no setting for it, but what you described is exactly how, you know, we all do it. Right, Ryan. So yes. Yep. Um, last question. If you dug this far, well, we did. This one is about collusion and hopefully to discuss some not so obvious as instances to consider. I had a situation come up in a league that was rather unfortunate. So wanted some feedback without getting too much into specifics. It was an auction league where each player can only be bid on by a portion of the league owners. That sounds a little bit like Nathan Powell's Nathan Powell's Yep. But I know, I know that, uh, I know that there are leagues that do this. Um, uh, like AFC, NFC leagues and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like uh, it might not be Nathan's, but that's, it's weirdly kind of like uh, the name, the league with no name that Nathan runs a trade happened where an owner got unintentionally screwed over due to some interest intricacies of this auction. The other owner involved in the trade wouldn't reverse it, but did feel bad. Um, I'm going to try to read through this as I, before I add more, the owner turned down profitable trades to let the player go cheaply to the guy he screwed over it's collusion you know when you start working with someone even if you feel bad that's that's a really really not good area um while they had made no agreement to do so they were colluding 
because uh, you know they are working together and it's at the detriment of other owners or the league so uh, that's my add to it he actively turned down a profit the argument against collusion here was that they were weren't working together well they actually were the way you described it um man the, it, it sounds like a very tricky situation i think collusion in in auctions is rampant rampant yes yes um it is and and i also think it's virtually impossible to police yep Uh, um you know you and i are in an auction together and and i you know it's it's as easy as me sending you a a text and saying hey you know i'll let you have this on this guy guy. right exactly That, that is probably as common as anything in auctions yeah i mean it's unbelievably common so i mean at this point that's obviously not something i would encourage but i also think especially especially in the i mean if you're talking about a startup auction where everybody has the same amount of money and they're all trying to build a team i don't think it happens as much but when you get to a rookie auction scott like in the leagues that you and i have where two guys have the most money and everybody else has much less those two guys are already controlling the auction and it it essentially becomes a draft because they're just naming the players they want and everybody else is left getting scraps yep I, it's and it's just the way it's going to go i, I don't think there's any punishment for it in in this case um in justin's case i would not do anything i just think that's kind of how auctions auctions go honestly. right and and in this one where it's even more intricate and in that only certain people can bid on certain pools of players anytime you start limiting those numbers i mean it's, it feels like it, it would get worse like it's yeah. the kind of thing where that league should almost just come out and say this is a thing that's going to happen <laughs> um you hate to say hey collusion is going to happen but that in auctions it's kind of a thing even if it's not like full out and it does it does hurt other owners but it's it is so impossible to police um gosh yeah i oof that that's a rough one i understand where you, where he sits on that because they are kind of working together i think we took care of justin we got we got him yeah. all he might not like the the last one we were kind of uh, a little more ambiguous on but it's 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 a thing it is yeah. a thing uh, yeah. and i can see how you want you'd say it's collusion which I, it kind of is but also it's a thing that it's gonna go on it's kind of like table talk right like how can it, it's really tough to police table talk some people love it some people hate it but that's it's one of those things that's tough to police i think it i think that fits in the in the same bucket though yeah that's what i'm saying it's kind of like table talk yeah i hate table talk <laughs> yeah i'm not a i'm not a big table talk either guy either <laughs> Next, uh yeah you want to look at the uh, next question yeah let's let's make this the last one because i think we're i know we're well over 20 minutes i don't know where how far over 20 we are though all right scott last question today comes from alex formerly of california now in texas huh i, I wonder where big that state is an state. interesting move can you uh, imagine taking like if you had a good job in california taking that money to texas and the size of the place you could get oh yeah I had a coworker several years back. You're getting bonus material here in Commission Impossible. <laughs> a coworker several years back made you know decent money at my old employer, and then he moved to Texas and got like a five acre farm with a five bedroom house and like 
just a ton of stuff for like a hundred thousand bucks. And I, for, for here, that's a hundred thousand is like tiny. It's like nothing. Yeah. But in Texas, it's a, like a ton. So I can't imagine taking California money to Texas. That must be. Yeah. Wow. Alex, anyway, Alex is living the good life there. Alex says for the, uh, for first time Devi players, do you have any suggestion on how many Devi players to include in the pool? Uh, any big differences between being commission of a Devi league versus regular dynasty, uh, Devi draft versus Devi auction. Also, when will the commission impossible t-shirts be available? He says he's wow. ready. I'm, wow. I'm ready. I'm waiting I'm ready. on mine. Hmm. <laughs> All I right. think we need to get some. Sorry, I was uh, I had it on mute, and then that came up, and I had to answer because I was trying <laughs> to eat a little food here. Um, I'm making I'm making a note right now. T-shirts. All right, I like it. T-shirts. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Get so wear on that. We already have a great logo. So that's right. Yeah. So for Devi leagues, especially if you're if you're transitioning from a, a typical dynasty league to a Devi league, or if you're starting a new Devi league with um, I guess we could say first time or inexperienced Devi players, then I would always suggest starting low with a low price or low, uh, player pool. Um, and that could be as, as small as one player per team. Um, I would say one to three per team, I think is, is where you would want to start <clears throat> for those inexperienced Devi owners. And as far as the differences in being a commish, I mean, the, the main one is that you've got to create those Devi players in the system uh, that at least that, that's how most leagues do it. You could yep. use a Google, you could use a Google doc to keep track of that as well. I like to have those players on rosters in MFL. So creating those players, uh, setting them up that way is, is something that uh, needs to be done, but it's, it's fairly simple, especially if you are going with that, that small player pool. Yeah, that's uh there's so there's so many things to touch on in that one. I think you hit most of them as I scrolled away and got away from what I was looking at. But uh, being the commission, uh, just the being the commission angle, obviously it's more manual work, right? Like adding all the players. Um, Debbie draft versus auction. Did you touch on that when I muted for a second there, Ryan? No, I did not. I didn't mention that. Okay. Debbie draft versus auction. I have thoughts. I think for me, the deeper it is, the deeper the pool, you should go draft. And you will almost never hear me say that, um, mainly because with auction, you're never going to skirt any sleeper by anyone. But with a draft, if you have this deep sleeper, you can pull them out in the last round or a later round. But in an auction, that player goes up for auction, and then anyone in the league can Google that player. You're not going to get a sneaky pick. So when it's, when it's much, much deeper, I prefer draft. Uh, otherwise, you know, with the, you know, one to three keepers per team or whatever, I, I generally prefer auction just cause I prefer auctions. Uh, how do you feel on that? Ryan? I agree with everything you said. Um, uh, the only thing for, uh, for Alex that I would say is, uh, again, with, with an inexperienced group, maybe a draft is the way to go yeah, uh, in, yeah. regardless of the, the size of the player pool. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think that's pretty fair. And what, yeah, I, you know, there's, I, I think, I think we 
pretty much hit on it. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else that you haven't said or I haven't said, unless you can think of something. No, auctions are great. Yeah, auctions are awesome. Uh, I think we will call it a day on that one. I'm not even sure. I did not hit the timer again. I'm terrible with this today. We're, we're I'm out of practice, Ryan. We need to do this more often. We do. It's been a while for Bull Rush too. So oh, it's it's coming soon. Oh, it's it's coming soon. And man, we have we have some surprises in store. I've I have an idea. I'm going to tell Riot off the air. Oh. And Riot could see me smiling just thinking about this idea because my juices were flowing uh, this this in season thinking about the upcoming Bull Rush. I'm really plugging Bull Rush here, <laughs> but uh, the early days of Bull Rush had a lot of bits and a lot of you know, segments and like series and like schedules and stuff that people just laughed hysterically at. And I have some ideas coming up. Let me just say that. Oh man. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm a little scared. Yeah. Look up the bull rush on, uh, on iTunes or whatever. I, I believe it's two words on everything. So ball space rush. It's got an awesome logo. Uh, that's going to be it for this episode of commission impossible for Ryan McDowell at Ryan MC 23 and myself at Scottfish 24 on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Uh, for Ryan McDowell at Ryan MC tweet tw- tweet <laughs> for Ryan McDowell at MC. <laughs> oh, we don't do all alter- outtakes on commission impossible, but we really should. <laughs> You've lost it. Uh, for. <laughs> <laughs>